Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg here on VCB Sports Betting Network. And, well, there's news in the NFL. Just a day or just hours after reaffirming that when healthy, Andy Dalton is going to be the starting quarterback of the Bears. Matt Nagy announces that Justin Fields is now the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Uh, he changed course. He said that moving forward, regardless of Andy Dalton's health status, Justin Fields is the starting quarterback for the Bears for the remainder of the season. The quote (laughs) says, after this past weekend with Justin and the growth that we saw, the discussions that we had, he was able to go in this direction. Uh, It's a big decision, but we feel very good about it, and we are looking forward to it. I wonder, like, what what happened? Like, did did the owner or did the GM, did somebody call... Nagy into the office and say, Matt, come here. Come here, sit down. Sit down. Listen, uh, we all know that you're trying your best here, and the season you know, hasn't really gotten off to the start that we had hoped for. But uh, you got to stop this nonsense with Anthony Dalton. We drafted Justin Fields with our number one overall pick. He's our starting quarterback for the rest of the season. And then Matt Nagy's like, well, you know, I'm going with the guy that I think gives my team the best chance to win, the guy that knows my playbook, the guy that's going to run my offense, and that's Andy Dalton. Yeah, look, that's all good, coach. But uh, if you want to keep your job, you're going to start the quarterback that I tell you to start, and that quarterback's going to be Justin Fields. So go out there, 
media is waiting for you, and go announce Justin Fields as the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. That's exactly what happened. Because you don't change course like that in a day. It just doesn't happen. You don't come out on Monday and say that Dalton's your quarterback when healthy, and then on Wednesday come out and say Justin Fields is the starter for the rest of the season regardless of Andy Dalton's health. All right? So that's just, that's what happened. Somebody got to him, told him this is what had to be done, and so now Justin Fields is the guy moving forward. Do you elevate the Bears? Do you downgrade the Bears? I don't think my opinion about them changes. Uh, You got the Raiders who are now uh, five-point favorites over the Bears here in Vegas. Total in this game is 44. What can Chicago do now? What can they do with Justin Fields, who now doesn't have to worry about losing the job? He can um, play with confidence, knowing that it's his team and it's his job. I think the fact that they lost David Montgomery is the bigger issue with this team, regardless of who the starting quarterback is. You don't have your number one running back. And so going up against this Raiders team, without your top running back, without the guy who's been leading your offense, hard to feel confident about them coming away with a road victory. Uh, The Bears have only averaged 16 points per game this season, only 275 yards of offense per game. By comparison, the Raiders average 430 yards of offense per game and 26 points per game. Meanwhile, the Bears are allowing 380 yards of offense per game. Raiders are only allowing 374 yards of offense per game. So here you have the Bears, who uh, are 2-2 two and two on the season, 2-2 two and two against the spread, one and three towards the under, right? But the that's because they're just not scoring. They scored uh, the 20 points against the Bengals in a victory. Only six points they managed against the Bears. You know, they got off to a good start against the Lions. But in that game, okay, in that game, it's a little deceiving because the Lions had the ball inside the 10-yard line Three times, first and goal. And they fumbled, turnover on downs, and then fumbled. So three possessions in the first half, inside the 10-yard line, and they come away with zero points. That game could have looked very differently than the 24-14 final that it was. It was 14-0 Bears at the half, it could have been 21-14 Lions at the half instead of 14-0. So I don't really, you know, you got to kind of evaluate everything that you see there when it comes to the Bears getting a win against the Lions, not just getting a win, not just covering. They were fortunate to do so. And the fumbles, by the way, it wasn't like it was, uh, you know, uh, um, one of them was a strip sack, but the other fumble was Jared Goff, trying to adjust the play at the line of scrimmage and the center snapping the ball before he's ready. And it just, you know, bad snap on a shotgun. He's not ready. He's not looking for it. The snap goes, hits him and bounces up in the air and the bears player took it. So uh, it's not like the bears forced the fumble. It's that's what happened. It was a, there was a self-inflicted wound there. Uh, I still lean Raiders in this perform in this game over the bears. 
Um, now let's take a look at some other issues around the league. Uh, the Carolina Panthers made a big trade, get cornerback Stephon Gilmore from the uh, Patriots. Now Gilmore has been on the uh, pup list, and he is likely to be ready to play on October 24th against the Giants. Now this is a huge move for the Panthers because we know that their defense has been very good to start the year, but losing J.C. Horn was tough. And then, you know, they bring in C.J. Henderson and trying to get him up to speed and trying to get him to play. But you now bring in an all-pro in Stephon Gilmore. That's going to be a huge lift to your defense. So you get Christian McCaffrey back from injury, who um, could be this weekend against the Eagles. And then you get uh, Stephon Gilmore. That's just... um, that's a big boost now for this Carolina Panthers team. So you got to look at them and look at them moving forward as a bet on team. Uh, I like the way that they've been playing. I certainly like them this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he is uh, taking blame for the poor performance of the team. And he's banged up, dealing with a little bit of a hip injury. But he says that he's got to be better. Uh, Here's the quote from Ben Roethlisberger. I need to fight through and figure out how to make better decisions, how to make better throws, how to be a better football player. That's why I just said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm not giving up on this season. No one in this building is. It's still early, and there's still a lot of fight left in us. End quote. Ben has not looked good to start the season, that's to say the least. And there's been a lot of people who have said, maybe it's time to hang him up, right? He's been around for a long time. He's accomplished everything there is to accomplish. Uh, he turns 40. Uh, I don't think he turns turns 40 after the season. because He's 39. Um, but at, at his age, the injuries now that, that's taken a toll on his body, he's not the same player that he was. The offensive line is atrocious. They have no running game. You know, Najee Harris hasn't gotten off to the start that people expected him to. And now they get to go up against a Broncos team that is very, very physical. This is going to be a tough game for Ben Roethlisberger and this Steelers team. Because the Broncos, what, what, they, they get after you. They get after you. They hit hard. There's a, a lot of uh, physicality that comes to in, in these games. But, again, you know they're coming off a physical game that they just played against the Ravens. So they're coming in maybe a little bit banged up also. Plus, Teddy Bridgewater still dealing with the concussion. Not certain about his status for this game, so that does change the way that you feel about them. If it's Drew Locke who has to play, not Teddy Bridgewater, um, he did return to team meetings, so that's a good sign, but still not practicing. So he was allowed to watch film. He was allowed to lift weights, which is a good sign, but he was not allowed to practice He could return to practice maybe on Thursday. Uh, Patrick Sertan, Melvin Gordon, and Deontay Spencer are all uh, not expected to practice. 
this week. They didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, Fangio said, though, he is pretty confident that Melvin Gordon will play on Sunday, uh, but Spencer and Sertan maybe uh, not so much. So wait-and-see approach on them. But I'm not confident in betting on this, this Steelers team. I think they're one of my teams, like I talked about earlier this week, I'm just fading the state of Pennsylvania. I'm going to go against the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm going to go against the Pittsburgh Steelers week in and week out because I think those teams are both trending in the wrong direction. Uh, But the team that I'm looking forward to fading the most is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't know when I'm going to stop fading them. The line has actually moved down. The Titans are four-point favorites over the Jaguars. And I, I, I don't know. I just think that this situation is going to go from bad to worse for Jacksonville. Um, Urban Meyer might not last the season. And there's actually some fun odds out there that uh, I'll, I'll mention to you coming up of what you can bet on at places in, as, term, in, as far as Urban Meyer's future and the Jacksonville Jaguars future. But there was more stuff that came out here on Wednesday as Urban Meyer addressed the media. But this is a bad situation in Jacksonville, one that I am absolutely looking to fade. I'll explain more coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Here and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VSIN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season long trends to watch. This guide is a must have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. The look ahead on vcin, the sports betting network, talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and why I will fade this team because I think this situation with Urban Meyer just goes from bad to worse. Uh, There's a lot of players who maybe have lost respect for their head coach. Maybe that voice just doesn't resonate anymore inside the locker room. And I just wonder how this team comes out and plays against a Tennessee Titans team coming up here this weekend. The latest from Urban Meyer, who addressed the media, he apologized on Wednesday, once to players and staff in a full team meeting in the morning, and then to fans in his press conference. Quote, I had at least three or four conversations with Shad, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars. The message is loud and clear, and I agree with it. I also met with the team on Monday individually, and then today as a group, had a very pointed conversation with them, owning a stupid mistake that I made. A job of a coach is, number one, health and safety of a player. Number two is motivate them or bring out the greatness in them. And number three is give them everything possible to be successful and give them a great locker room and then get the heck out of the way. And I apologize for a distraction with a huge week coming up, especially after they made so much improvement from week one to week four. How did the message go over? Well, Trevor Lawrence said, quote, I know a lot of the guys respected it, how he addressed this this morning. Obviously, it's not an easy situation, and you don't want to be in this situation, but I think he's done right by us, and it was a good meeting this morning. Just up front with us, apologized. There's nothing worse for an NFL team to deal with than non-football-related distractions. 
there's a reason. Now, I don't want to get into the whole conversation, but NFL teams did not want Colin Kaepernick because of the possible distraction. NFL teams did not want Tim Tebow because of the possible distraction. And listen, I was covering the Jets when Tebow was there. They held a press conference for the signing of a backup quarterback. Think about that. A backup quarterback got a press conference. When does that happen? They had dedicated news cameras in New York to Tebow. The guy barely played. Besides the point, teams don't want distractions. It's bad for a football team to have to answer questions, to have to deal with anything outside of the game in front of them. And that's what the Jaguars have been dealing with this week. They had a mini-buy because they played on Thursday. And yet, every conversation that you have seen, that you have read, that you have heard about from the Jacksonville Jaguars, nothing that I have read from any Jaguars post, blog, article, anything, has mentioned the Tennessee Titans once. Nothing. First time I've seen it was when Urban Meyer said, with a big week coming up. Everything has been about the Urban Meyer video, the Urban Meyer apology, the Urban Meyer team meeting, asking the players, how, was, how did they respond? How, no one is talking about the preparation for the Titans. No one's talking about what they're going to do offensively without DJ Chark now. No one's talking about what they're going to do defensively to try and contain Derrick Henry. No. There's, there's just there's nothing. All week, they're dealing with their head coach's drama. And I think it leads to a disaster on the football field on Sunday. And that's going to lead to more questions about Urban Meyer's future, about his dedication to the team. The, the, the latest was that Urban Meyer actually had to, had to uh, uh, say that he didn't think about resigning. Like, that was actually a question. It's on the table. Like, people asked him, did you ever think about stepping down? Did you think about quitting? What? I don't know. It's just the situation's bad. Um, He said Wednesday that he met with each position group individually on Monday because it was a more intimate setting to which apologize rather than to address the entire team collectively. He says, quote, in my opinion, you don't get much done in a team meeting. You get a lot done when you're in personal space with people. I've always done that. Uh, Jaguars linebacker Josh Allen says, quote, We really appreciate him, but we all know we got a job to do. He's a great coach. He's a great man. He's going to bounce back, and we're all going to bounce back. We're going to play even harder for him. Oh, that's nice. That's nice that you're going to play hard for him. Okay, good. But uh, I don't know. Have you been preparing for this game? Or have you been preparing to answer questions about your head coach? Are the players 
distracted by this? The players having to answer questions about it after practice? Because I'll tell you right now, that video definitely circulated in the locker room. Those players definitely showed it to each other. They definitely laughed about it. And there was those quotes on Twitter saying that the players laughed when Urban Meyer left the room. (laughs) They, they, They laughed about it because they didn't believe what he was saying, like the excuse that he gave on Monday. So maybe on Wednesday things changed, okay. But I still think that I'm just going to fade this Jaguars team. I'll believe it when I see it. They go out there and they beat the Tennessee Titans, kudos to them. And maybe, okay, they fought hard. And maybe Urban Meyer has regained that locker room or, or has a grasp on this job. But until I see it, going to pick against them. Because I, I just don't think we're going to see it. Not this weekend, not against the Titans team that's playing with a little bit of desperation here. A Titans team that knows that another loss and all of a sudden this division opens up. A division where they are heavily favored to win it. Despite losing to the hapless Jets, they're still 2-2 two and two and in first place. But if they lose and drop down to 2-3... and three, Every loss now opens up the division because eventually the Colts are going to get healthy. You know, the Colts, they're probably going to keep losing. I have them losing to the Ravens on Monday night, right? So the Colts are going to start one and four, but they'll eventually get healthy. They'll get players back. T.Y. Hilton will play this season. So in a 17-game season, The Colts will get reinforcements. Their season will start probably in like week seven or eight. And in the second half of the year, maybe the Colts go six and two in their final eight games. And they start to put pressure on the Titans in the division. So you can't let games slip away when you have the advantage. They, they completely let it slip away against the Jets last week, and they cannot afford to let it slip away against the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend. Very important game for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, um, you know, a couple of things going on with the Dallas Cowboys, but the Cowboys, to me, it, it's not about anything that's going on with them as far as why I'm going to take the Giants with the points here in, in this matchup. It's because the Giants have been incredible on the road. The Giants, one of the best teams on the road as an underdog. Under Daniel Jones, I believe it's 12-3 and as an underdog on the road. And overall, as an underdog on the road, over the last several years, the Giants have an incredible ATS record. They are just a monster on the road as an underdog. And in a divisional game where it could be a, a close battle between these two teams, I know the Cowboys have played well. I know the Cowboys are like everyone's darlings now, and people are saying, well, maybe it's time to start taking the Cowboys seriously as a contender in the NFC postseason. Wouldn't shock me if the Giants win this one outright, but... More importantly, I expect the Giants to cover that line. Coming up next, we're going to uh, speak with Adam Burke, vsin.com contributor. 
Uh, we'll talk to him about some situational spots in college football. Great article he wrote in Point Spread Weekly. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's a look ahead here on VSIN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and the ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. The look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Joined now by vcin writer and analysis, Adam Burke. And Adam, I was reading your article in Point Spread Weekly about situational spots uh, when it comes to some games in college football. What do you look for when it comes to these situational spots? Yeah, Scott, great to chat with you, man. Thanks for reading the article. Really appreciate that. There are a lot of different things you look for. You know, you look for look-ahead spots. You look for maybe a team playing a rivalry game coming up, something like that, maybe playing the top team in their conference or a team that's maybe giving them trouble in their conference. You look for letdown spots, you know, teams that maybe got a really big win last week, you know, maybe a team that the fans stormed the field after the game. You know, obviously it's pretty tough to match that level of intensity. And not only that, you know, when the, when the student section storms the field, it was probably an upset. And, you know, you may not play that same level of game the following week. So there are a lot of different things to look for when it comes to college football. And I'm sure all of us, maybe some listeners, even in that, you know, 18 to 24 year old age range, you know, we remember that, you know, sometimes you're just not always there. Sometimes things are a little bit bigger than you, know, you plan them to be something like that. So just try to kind of put myself in the mindset of these teams, these coaches and these college kids and just see you know, if there are some spots that maybe we can take advantage of. Yeah, I love I love doing that when it comes to handicapping these college games. It's just to try and think about how the players are reacting and what the motivational factor comes in. Uh, are they responding to the coaching? Things like that. Um, one of the situational spots that you circled is actually a game that I picked coming out in our VSIN Best Bets uh, article, which will be released on Thursday. It's a game that's Thursday night. It's Houston going on the road to Tulane, uh, laying six points, six and a half is what it's up to now. Uh, I love the Cougars in this matchup for a variety of reasons, but talk about the situational spot that you like for Houston. Yeah, you know, something I think is really interesting when you talk about situational spots in college football, how much energy did a team have to put forth in the second half of a game? And when you look at Houston last week, that game was basically over by halftime. They had a 28-3 to lead. Then they got a pick six in the first minute of the second half, made it a 35-3 to game. So they were just kind of in cruise control in that one. And, of course, they played on Friday night last week. You look at Tulane. They gave up over 600 yards and more than 50 points to East Carolina last week on Saturday. So a very quick turnaround for Tulane when they didn't play particularly well last week. Houston... They you know, do have a little bit of a shorter turnaround, but also played on Friday, so they get that extra day. And they didn't really have to spend as much energy, particularly in the second half of that game. So for me, I kind of look at that spot, and, and you know, I think to myself, okay, Houston's probably going to be more prepared for this game. Tulane getting blown out means that there's something wrong with this football team. Houston seems to be kind of coming into its own a little bit. 
So I think it makes plenty of sense why that line's gone up throughout the week here and, and even seeing some sevens out there in the market now, Scott. Wow, yeah, and look, you got two teams in opposite directions, right? Uh, Houston's won four straight. Tulane's dropped three straight. Houston, the, both offenses can score, but Houston's defense right now, fourth in the country, allowing just 253 yards per game. Uh, I love Houston in this matchup. Um, and back-to-back road spots, not... You know, some it's actually a decent spot sometimes. Um, there's actually a stat that was listed by Steve Mackinnon in Point Spread Weekly that co- uh, teams coming off a conference blowout win cover the next game 59.9% of the time, and Houston won by 35 points last week at Tulsa. So looking for them to cover again. Uh, one game, I didn't write up this game, Adam, but the more I think about the situation, I kind of like it even more, and that's Kentucky over LSU. And the situation I'm talking about is the hot seat that Ed Orgeron is on. With that loss last week, this season essentially is getting away from him. And there's a lot of, you know, criticism about the offensive coordinator and not getting plays in on time or changing the plays. They're probably going to want to simplify their playbook and really not make any adjustments at the line of scrimmage against Kentucky. But the situation that I'm talking about now, I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if the players are, are responding to him right now. And I don't know if the players, like, they all know what's going on. They see the writing on the wall. For a college kid, are, is he, are they going to respond to Coach O yelling at them when they know he's gone and he's not going to be there next year, but they are going to be there next year? Just think it's a bad spot for them. Yeah, you know, this game is really interesting because I think you can make a case that it's a bad spot for both teams. For LSU, for the reasons that you mentioned, and of course last week blowing a game in the fourth quarter to Bo Nix, that's not really a good look for any program out there in the SEC. And LSU certainly has a lot of issues going on, Orgeron being at the forefront of that. But also you'll get Kentucky last week. I mean, they stormed the field after beating Florida only the third time in the last 42 head-to-head meetings that Kentucky beat Florida. So a really big day there in Lexington, but also look at the context clues in the betting market for this game, where this line opened in the three, three and a half range. It is solidly three and a half across the board. So what that tells me is that there is not sharp money coming in against Kentucky in what is a traditional letdown spot coming off of beating a ranked opponent at home. Kentucky now ranked in the top 25. The market's still kind of backing Kentucky here to a degree, at least the influential money is. So I think it speaks to exactly what you said that, this spot for LSU may be worse. Maybe the expectation here is that Ed Orgeron has lost the team. And again, I mean, you talk about a team like LSU, expectations are very, very high at a program like that. For Kentucky, they're just finding ways to win. And I think maybe that kind of suggests something about the culture of the program, about the morale of the program there in Lexington, where, look, they're 5-0. and They're like minus nine in turnover margin, I think. They're still finding ways to win games. Yep. They're believing in themselves. I don't think LSU is doing that. So I think this line going two, three and a half across the board is pretty significant in terms of comparing the two spots for these two teams. I bet on defenses a lot, Adam, in college football. Kentucky now, they were ninth last week in the country. They're 12th now after the Florida game. Uh, I think defense makes a world of difference when it comes to uh, college football because everyone can score. It's college football. Everyone scores. Uh, talking to Adam Burke, writer and, al- and uh, analyst for VSIN here, Scott Seidenberg, the look ahead here on VSIN. Uh, talk to me about Cincinnati. Obviously, the huge win over Notre Dame. Now, all anyone's talking about for the Bearcats is college football playoff potential, but they're huge favorites against Temple here. Is the number just too high for this situation? 
Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a quintessential situational spot here with Cincinnati where they're coming off of a massive win. I mean, maybe the biggest regular season win in program history for this team. And as you said, I mean, now this is a team that's being talked about as maybe controlling its own destiny for the college football playoff. This week, they're a 29-point favorite against Temple. And what's interesting in and of itself about this line is that the total is only 54 here. So Temple's spread is more than half of the total, (laughs) which is kind of an autoplay in a lot of ways from a math standpoint. But it's not even just that Cincinnati beat Notre Dame last week, Scott. It's that Cincinnati plays UCF next week. And I know UCF isn't the same team. They just lost to Navy last weekend. Not a very good look for the Knights. But still, I mean, this is kind of you know the, the top of the mountain here in terms of the AAC. Cincinnati wants to beat a team like UCF. Here this week, they're playing Temple. Maybe they're not completely focused. It's a massive spread. Really, to me, I think all Temple has to do is score 14 or 17 points in this game for us, and they'll get the cover. So I think this is a really, really bad spot for Cincinnati. It's a Friday night game. So one day less of preparation for them while reading all their press clippings, understanding the situation with the college football playoff. I think Temple could sneak up on them and really make this a game. Not only that, the Owls are actually playing relatively well here over the last couple of games. They're 28 to three loss to Boston college. Not as bad as it looks by the final score. I think Temple's kind of an underrated, decent team here. And they're obviously getting a massive number of the 29-point head start. Yeah, and come on, Adam. The biggest win for Cincinnati was when they beat my Rutgers Scarlet Knights after Rutgers upset Louisville and uh, <laughs> had an opportunity to go to the Orange Bowl and then loses at Cincinnati. So that was the biggest win for them. Uh, thanks for reminding me about that. Um, a real quick, about, about a minute left. Uh, do we want any part of this UConn-UMass game? Um, I mean, I thought we were going to spread, spend the whole segment on it. So, you know, I, I had all kinds of notes prepared on this one, but look, I mean, the thing about it is this, I mean, UConn has lost in devastating fashion the last two weeks. You know, they had the failed two point conversion against Wyoming. They lost on a last second field goal to Vanderbilt with the, they took a lead with a minute and seven seconds left last week. I mean, if UConn doesn't win this week, they're not winning a game. So to, in my opinion, I mean, they have to be as fired up as humanly possible for this game. I mean, they have no excuse for losing this one except for being a bad football team. Uh, three and a half is a scary number, but I mean, I think the spot is good for UConn in the sense that they've been close. UMass has not been close at all whatsoever. So I think there's a situational edge for UConn here in this one. Love it. Adam, thanks so much for joining me. I uh, appreciate the conversation. So glad we got a chance to do it and I can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, Scott. Have a good night. There he is, Adam Burke, a great contributor for us here at VSIN. Read his stuff, Point Spread Weekly, the Best Bets article that comes out uh, each and every week as well. The College Football Best Bets article will be released coming up on uh, Thursday, so you want to make sure that you get yourself a hold of that. Adam's got some picks in there. I've got some picks in there. I'll go, I'll go over one of them coming up next here with uh, the Thursday game, because I already told you what it's going to be. It's going to be Houston. I'll tell you why it's Houston coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's a look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. And I teased you a little bit with one of my college football picks, by the way, 11-4-1 on the season in college football after a 2-1 weekend last weekend. Feel pretty good. Uh, I think we have been positive every weekend, right? I think that we have cashed every weekend. 11-4-1 uh, is the current record. Two picks uh, on this weekend's card. Might add a third. Don't know. Uh, I don't want to force it. Um, there's a things. There's, there's, there's games that I like, uh, not love. Uh, like Kentucky. Kentucky's a game I like. Don't love. And I'd rather solidify my picks on the games that I love. Like last week, I loved Kentucky. And I loved Boston College. And if those two would have won outright, Kentucky did. Boston College fumbled at the end. Or else they would have won outright. Whew, would have been a nice payday. Um, Ole Miss was a complete miss <laughs> because uh, Lane Kiffin just didn't give us a chance to win. But 2-1, and one, we'll take the cash 
and we'll move on to this week. I got a pick for Friday night. Oh, excuse me, for uh, Thursday night. And it is Thursday night, right? I don't know why I wrote Friday night in my uh, article, but it's Thursday night. It's Houston playing against Tulane. Now, Sean King might not be happy that I'm going up against his uh, green, uh, Tulane Green Wave, but this is a matchup of two teams going in complete opposite directions. Houston comes into this game winners of four straight. Tulane has lost their last three. Now, points are certainly not an issue for both of these teams as Houston averages 36.6 points per game. Tulane averages 35.4. The difference between these two is on defense. Houston is the fourth-ranked defense in the country, allowing 253.6 yards per game. Tulane, meanwhile, ranks 123rd in the country in yards per game. Uh, In case you were wondering, there are 130 teams in uh, FBS, so they are 123rd out of 130 in yards per game. Let's move on. Uh, Tulane, they have been torched this year. They are allowing 482 yards per game, 40.2 points per game. That 40.2 points per game, that's 126th in the country. Again, that's out of 130 teams. So they are the seventh worst team in college football in yards per game. They're the fourth worst team in college football in points per game, going up against the fourth best team in college football in points per game. Anyway, last week against East Carolina, Tulane allowed their running back, Keaton Mitchell, to run for 222 yards. Houston's got two running backs, uh, Alton McCaskill, Tyshawn Henry, both backs. They combine one of uh, McCaskill's got seven touchdowns. Henry's got three. So they combined for 10 touchdowns on the ground this year uh, through four through five games. Um, McCaskill averages 4.6 yards per carry. Henry averages 5.1 yards per carry. And Tulane just, they can't stop the run. So what's Houston going to do? Going to run all over them. And as far as passing the football, uh, Clayton Toon had a bad game week one against Texas Tech. Since then, he's completing 70% of his passes. The wide receiver Nathaniel Dell is 31st in the nation in receiving yards. So they got weapons on the outside. They got a talented quarterback, and they got a ground game that is just going to feast on a terrible defense in Tulane. And I know what you're going to say. But it's a big primetime game at home, so they that's why Tulane is going to win, or they're going to upset them. I, I'm sorry. This is just a bad Tulane team. They lost at home to UAB 28-21. They got blown out against East Carolina. They got blown out against Ole Miss. They had the nice comeback against Oklahoma, but they still let up 40 points in that game. Their only win came against Morgan State. You know, that's just not much to take uh, from that game. And I don't think uh, you want to say that stadium is going to be rocking. It's pretty easy to take the crowd out of the game when you're scoring on every possession, which is what's going to happen for Houston. Uh, One team is hot, one team is cold. 
Houston also, we talked about this with Adam Burke, they come into this game with an extra day of prep. They won last Friday in a game that took no effort in the second half. So they're the more rested team. They're the more talented team and the more dominant team in this matchup. And also in Point Spread Weekly, I will uh, uh, bring this up again. Teams coming off a conference blowout road win, which is like a win by more than 30 points. They cover the next game 59.9% of the time. Houston won by 35 at Tulsa last week, and they will cover at Tulane this week. So that's the spot that I love. I think Houston, I'm taking advantage of a better team, a better defense uh, against a terrible defense, a team that has proven that it can win on the road. You want to talk about it being a tough road spot? This Houston team just went on the road and demolished Tulsa on a Friday night. So you want to talk about road primetime? That was a road game in primetime, and they dominated. Road game, primetime, same spot this week. They'll dominate again against Tulsa. So that's going to be my college pick coming up here for Thursday in uh, the college football schedule. The other game uh, here on Thursday is Coastal Carolina and Arkansas State. Um, Arkansas State was a team that I bet on earlier in the season, uh, and I thought that I liked what I saw from them. You know, I bet them in that game against Memphis that was 55-50. They were plus six and a half in that game at home, and they lost by five, so they covered that game. Um, The following week, I thought that they would play well against Washington, and they got absolutely blown out 52-3. to They then go to Tulsa and lose 41-34. And then last week against Georgia Southern, a team that I bet on when they played Arkansas because I felt that, hey, their running attack's going to be great, triple option offense, and they're going to throw Arkansas off. They got nothing against Arkansas. Now, Arkansas is a much different team than Arkansas State. Let's, let's, we understand that. But that Georgia Southern team, they, they look terrible, in my opinion, offensively. Well, what did they do against Arkansas State? They, they rushed for seven touchdowns. They won 59-33. So now you have this Arkansas State team going up against Coastal Carolina and Coastal Carolina's ability to run the football, Coastal Carolina's ability to uh, play defense, I mean, listen to this. Coastal Carolina rushing, right? Reese White is averaging 7.1 yards per carry. Sherman Jones is averaging 8.2 yards per carry. Brandon Bennett averaging 8.8 yards per carry. That's just wild. That is wild numbers. And Grayson McCall is completing 80% of his passes He's thrown 10 touchdowns to just one interception. Coastal Carolina is a 19.5 point favorite on the road. That's a high number, but it's Coastal. They're probably going to win this game by three touchdowns. Uh, I think that that's a, a safe bet. The safer bet to me would probably be going with Coastal minus 10.5 for the first half uh, because I 
absolutely think that they jump out to a lead, and uh, I think that they will have that double-digit lead going into the half. It's probably going to be a two-touchdown lead, if not more, going into the half. Uh, when it's 19.5-point spread, there is the potential for the back door. So maybe I would just go with Coastal in the first half, thinking that they get out to a fast start, take a you know, 14-0 lead, 21-7 lead into the half. Uh, but Coastal's not going to lose this game, not to uh, Arkansas State, even though there were times where I was high on Arkansas State, not so much this season. Uh, and Coastal's just been an absolute juggernaut on offense. So... Coastal laying 19.5. I go Coastal in the first half, minus 10.5. You can get it minus 10, even better. You get a little push protection if it is 10, because 10.5 is not a great number. But Houston minus 6, or minus 6.5, depending on where you get it, that's my official play for Thursday night. Houston over Tulane by 6, 6.5. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll uh, get into the NFL coming up next, a little Thursday night football action. Uh, that will kick off week five in the NFL. It's the look ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free at- 